0: And this morning, we pick up, as mentioned, where we left off, and we consider Abraham still, the illustration from the life of Abraham. And uh, well, before we get to chapter four, turn back to chapter one. Let's ground our context. Chapter one, verse 16, what is recognized to be the declaration of the purpose of the letter For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So that connection to Paul's explaining to us the gospel, the the way that God reconciles sinners to himself, that happy news about Jesus and this powerful gospel. And then we get to chapter 4. And chapter 4 tells us about the life of Abraham and really the purpose of chapter 4. I've thought um, many times about how um, we as learners, when we learn something, we certainly learn by hearing. Uh, We learn by seeing. I remember I used to work in corporate training with a large uh, corporation, and um, we would talk about the need for uh, the best leaders are show-how coaches, show-how leaders. They don't necessarily just tell you something, but they demonstrate it. They show you that. And that, I thought, this is exactly what Paul's doing, what God's doing in his word. So he's telling us, he's, and he'll continue to, and uh, even in our chapter this morning, he's telling us about the gospel. But he's showing us the gospel. Here's how God saved Abraham. And it's really, really important because people would be confused. They might think, well, uh, they would have these um, incorrect notions of how um, Abraham was reconciled. And they would say, well, Abraham was reconciled to God because he was a Jew. Well, he was saved. He was born again. He was reconciled when there were no Jews, before there were any Jews. Well, Abraham, he was made right with God because of the law of God. And he goes out of his way to say, hey, we don't have the law. That's not the law, uh, the possession of the law. Not being a Jew, that didn't save him. Or having God's word, that didn't save him. And then we, uh, the passage we looked at uh, where we stopped last time was, well, maybe Abraham was a really good guy. Maybe he was very moral. And that's why God saved him. And he has made the case that no, no, no. It is not that Abraham was good or that Abraham was moral. The, chapter 4, verse 13, the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law but through the righteousness of faith. So he's making the case using Abraham as illustration showing us that God justifies sinners. Listen by grace through faith. The channel that God's grace runs is faith. That's the channel that it runs. And so we pick up with, uh, we'll finish up this uh, chapter where we consider Abraham this morning. So the nature of Abraham's faith. Let me give a quick disclaimer there. That sermon title, I saw at least two commentators, James Montgomery Boyce and... um, Dr. Schreiner both used that title for the nature of Abraham's faith or some derivative of that. So I give credit where credit is due. That did not originate with me, the nature of Abraham's faith. The word of the Lord from Romans chapter 4. Let's start in verse 16. God's word from Romans 4, verse 16. For this reason it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace. So that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. Now not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited as those who believe in Him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Heavenly Father, we thank You, God, for Your Word. We thank You that it is true, it is clear. Lord, it is a lamp and a light, Lord, that we... today that you would grant us grace Uh, you would grant us the ability, the power to see and hear and understand um, the passage that we are studying. Lord we thank you that you have made the gospel so very clear and we pray that Jesus would be exalted as we preach your word. We thank you for the example of Abraham. We thank you that salvation is not by ethnicity. Lord, we would not have gotten in on that. Lord, it's not by um, being recipients of the law. It's not by our being morally upstanding people, but it is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. So thank you for this glorious gospel that we have, that we trust, that we cling to. And so we pray you would build up your church this morning in order that we would be transformed by this gospel and that we would share it far and wide and we would live it faithfully for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The nature of Abraham's faith. So we have heard this explanation, this declaration and explanation of justification by faith alone. And now, as mentioned, we're seeing it. And I want you to see this reality. We talked about this phrase that we encounter over and over and over in Romans 4. Look down at verse 3. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him. And then we talked about that's this idea of it was reckoned to him or it was dep- deposited in his account. It's an accounting, a financial or bookkeeping kind of language or term. And I want you to think of it like this. Verse 3 says, what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God. He placed his faith. He trusted in God and it was credited to him. So God took something, This, uh, as Luther said, this alien righteousness. Abraham had no righteousness. We had no righteousness is foreign to us is alien to us and god credited he placed think of what we know about the gospel god took christ righteousness and he placed it into our account and he took our sin and placed it on christ and that's such a theme of chapter 4 verse 3 abraham believed god and it was credited to him as righteousness next verse To the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. Next verse. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. Look, his faith is credited as righteousness. And then we consider the example of David. Next verse, verse 6. The blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness. Look, separate from, apart from works. I want to show you how it's that. We're we're doing good. Bible interpretation, hermeneutics. Look at this theme that God is crediting. Drop down to verse 9. Where's this blessing fall? Those who have the covenant sign, circumcision, or the uncircumcised also. No, we say that faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. I'm not done. Keep going with me. Drop down to verse 11. That he would be the father of all who believe without being circumcised that righteousness might be what? Credited to them. We see that theme over and over. Look at our passage today. Go down to verse 22 of chapter 4. Therefore it was also credited to him as righteousness. And hey, we get in on this wonderful gospel work. Verse 23, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited. And this idea that God is taking, listen, He is by grace through faith, He is granting righteousness. And we talked about God's saving righteousness, His judging righteousness. God is saving sinners by grace through faith. So what is the nature of Abraham's faith? It's a little bit of, I would say, the passage to me in preparing to preach it was um, quite challenging that's okay it was a bit the word that comes to mind in passages like this where sometimes how, how many of you say sometimes you're studying god's word and the truth is jumping off the page and you see it clearly it's just jumping off the page and you're just absorbing it as fast as you read and other times i call it it's a bit naughty k-n-o-t-t-y naughty that's what how i think of it you read it and you think like lord this is your good word and you're like but i'm not sure what in the world you're saying here lord but it's your good word, right? And you study it some more. And this is a little bit of a naughty passage to me. And so um, with that, we're going to press in and we're going to trust God the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, to make his word clear to us. So what is the nature of Abraham's faith? Number one, Abraham's faith was based on the promises of God. God. Abraham's faith was based on the promises of God. Everything about salvation beginning to end is initiated by God. And you're going to see Abraham's faith was based on the promise of God. Look at verse 16. We said that's the first occurrence. Verse 14 is the first occurrence. He hasn't mentioned promise. Verse 14 was the first mention. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. Now speaking of promise drop down to verse 16 for it is for this reason it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace yeah, I love that in verse 16. It's almost like mark that like chapter 116. You get so many of the themes of the book of Romans. For this reason, it is by faith. Salvation is by faith. And how does that work? Well, it works that it may be in accordance with grace, God's grace, so that the promise, I love this, it has to be God's initiative. It has to be God's doing so that the promise will be guaranteed. If it depended on us, guess what? people talk about is this reality of the perseverance of the saints you know if people are genuinely born again will they make it to the end hey trust me if salvation could be lost we would lose it but salvation rests in god's hands that's why we are secure in christ but abraham's faith i want you to see this is based on god's promises verse 16 the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants which descendants are we talking about Well, not only to those who are of the law, not only the Jews, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, and Abraham is the father of us all. And then verse 17, Jacob just read this, as it is written, a father of many nations, I love the language of this, have I made you. Genesis 17, 5, listen to this. Genesis 17, 5, no longer God's making this covenant. He's made this covenant with Abraham. In Genesis 17, 5, tells us no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. By the way, we get this. We bring this over into marriage in our day that in a covenant, that involves a name change that's flowing from the Bible. In the covenant with Abraham, that involved him his name being changed from Abram to Abraham. But listen to this. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. Now, I love what God says next. God says, For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Past tense. I've already done it. It's a divine declaration. It's not happened in time, but it is done because God said it was done. And I love that. You might say, we, we might say in the right way, stay with me, that Genesis 17, 5 is a little bit of questionable grammar, but beautiful theology. God hasn't done it yet, but he has done it because he's God. I love that. I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. That promise was sealed because God sealed it. I love this. His, Abraham's faith is resting on God's promises. Drop down to verse 20. You see this over and over again. Abraham considered the reality. We'll talk about some of the circumstances of verse 19 a little bit later. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Drop down to the next verse. And you'll see him trusting in God's promise and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. What a verse that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. How is it that Abraham, the nature of Abraham's faith, well, what was his faith based on? Because by the way, if we can get in on what Abraham had, then it's great with us. Do you see that? So if we can figure out how God dealt with Abraham and we can go to God that same way, then we're assured of good standing with God. And so first of all, the nature of Abraham's faith is, it's based on the promises of God, I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. When there was no multitude of nations in sight, when listen, when there was no heir of Abraham anywhere in sight, no heir existed. And God said, "I've made you the father of a multitude of nations." Well, second, the nature of Abraham's faith. Well, Abraham's faith was focused on the proper object. That's the second aspect of the nature of his faith. It was focused on the proper object. There's a um, song, I don't even, it's probably a bad song. Um, so I'm not commending it to you. But uh, if you're listening to, if you're driving around listening to like um, the beach station, 98.5 or Wolf or whatever, you know, you got to have what? Faith, faith. You know, I don't know who sung that. You got to have faith. Right? Y'all want me to just stop there? Don't sing that. Don't sing anymore. you got to have faith. Justification is by faith, lest you get off track. The only faith that will save is faith that is grounded in the proper object. Faith alone will not save. By the way, you want to look at that? I take you back to 9-11. Who has greater faith than some guys that'll strap themselves in an airplane and fly into the side of a building and murder a whole bunch of people? You talk about faith. How many of you say, that's zeal? That's not saving faith. Abraham, listen, his faith is grounded based on the promises of God, and Abraham's faith was focused on the proper object, the proper object. Drop down to verse 17. We looked at the first part of that Romans 4:17 as it is written and he quotes look Paul quotes Genesis takes us back to 17:5 a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him now okay now we're in the presence of God in the presence of him in the presence of him whom he believed. So God gave Abraham his promise, his covenant by grace. Abraham responded in faith. In the presence of him, him there's God, whom he, Abraham, in God's presence who Abraham, in his presence he believed. Now he clarifies, even God, and then he clarifies for us. He said, I want to I make sure you understand that for saving, for justification by faith to be authentic, for that to work, it must be in the proper object, he might say, in the presence of him whom he believed, even God. And we're talking God of Abraham, God of the Bible. We're talking the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. By the way, there's all kind of ideas. Is God talking about Uh, uh, in that aspect of his word, ex nihilo, creation. How did God create? Out of nothing. God called creation into being, it's called ex nihilo, out of nothing. He just created out of nothing. Well, certainly that squares with that. Or is he he speaking to the promise to Abraham that Abraham has no children and he's now going to be a father of many nations? I'm going to say yes and yes. Works both places because the God who we worship, the one true God, the living God, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, he is the God who gives life to the dead. He is the God who calls into being that which does not exist. So he's declaring here, I'm going to say the proper object. He's declaring God, the God who has life-giving resurrection power. And so this is so very important. We live in such a very pluralistic age. People have all kind of notions about God. And Jesus, so against the popular culture. I, John 14, 6, "I, I am the way... The truth, the life, no one comes to the Father but by me, but through me. And so the nature of Abraham's faith, it was was resting on God's promises, it was resting on the proper object. Third, Abraham's faith, and this is really sort of the theme of our passage today, Abraham's faith looked beyond his circumstances. Abraham's faith looked beyond his circumstances. Drop down to Romans 4 verse 18. I love the language of this. In hope against hope he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. And so, In hope against hope, he believed so. God promised Abraham that he would be the father of a multitude of nations. But we might say the circumstances appeared to present some problems that might preclude God's promises. I frequently, I encourage you to do that, but I frequently, as we have uh, members or loved ones there, visit nursing homes. I have yet to visit a nursing home with a nursery in it. You don't find 80, 90, 100-year-old people having babies, do you? You just don't. So, listen, God had promised Abraham. He had had promised Genesis 15, 5. Listen to this. Genesis 15, 5, underneath this, Abraham looking beyond his circumstances. He, God took him, took Abraham outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. So we've got, listen, we've got God's promise on one hand. And and I think it's okay to say this. We've got God the, the reality of the situation that God's aware of, that Abraham... And hope against hope, he believed, verse 18. It's like, man, God, I'm, I'm believing you, but I'm also aware. And hope against hope, he believed so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Look at verse 19. I love this. He, he tells us, that's what Abraham was doing, without becoming weak in faith. So he stays strong in faith, but he's also a realist. Without becoming weak in faith, He contemplated his own body now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. He's like, God, I hear you, but I'm a 100-year-old man, good as dead. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, is she's not a spring chicken either, Lord. I'm an old man, almost 10 decades old. Right, so you got this reality that the nature of his faith and you have to say, isn't it glorious? And by the way, I think of what are realities that we might look at today? What you might say, man, I just want to tell you something. I hear you, the happy news about Jesus, that sounds good, but I'm I'm too too hard-hearted. I'm too far gone. I've done some things, said some things, thought some things, been some places. I'm glad nobody here knows. Man, I don't think God could save me. Don't you love the nature of Abraham's faith? God's like, you just bring your circumstances. Bring hard cases. God loves hard cases. Give me a hundred-year-old man. And let me tell you what, what's God gonna do with a hundred-year-old man? Make him the father, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. Who's gonna get the glory when God does that? Hey. We're over here at the 100-year-old birthday celebration. Somebody hold the baby. That's your great, great, great grand youngin. No, that's my boy. <laughs> that would prompt like, Abe, help me understand. Let me buy you a dot Mountain Dew and let's talk about this thing. Right? What is going on there? That must be some kind of God. He can make a multitude out of that man. Right? Do you see that? That's gloria. And by the way, if God can give Abraham all those descendants. God can save me. God can save you. That grace, the channel runs faith. If you'll place your faith, it'll run to you. Isn't, isn't that wonderful? That is so good. Abraham's faith. Look beyond his circumstance. Back to Go back to Romans 4 verse 19. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Now as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet with yet with respect to the promise of God. I love this. He, look, the, the current's pushing against him. He did not waver in unbelief. I'm going to keep believing God. He did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Isn't that a good word? Abraham's faith looked beyond his circumstances. I like what uh, Dr. Schreiner said about this. What sustained Abraham in his faith then was a vision of the God who could do the impossible, not a confidence he himself could faithfully bring the promise to pass. Not like, you know what? If that's the case, I got to get to the gym. I don't know how you get like more fertile or whatever. Uh, You know, I just got to, I got to get on a different diet, Lord. Well, I got to get up earlier. I got to read more books on fertility, right? No, no, no. He just got to trust. I love this. The nature of Abraham's faith, third is it looked beyond his circumstances. But we want to see... I am prone to see the circumstance as sovereign. God is sovereign. The circumstances are nothing. They're nothing. I don't mean it, and I'm not belittling the ones that you're struggling with today, but I'm saying in light of God's greatness, they pale in comparison. Nature of Abraham's faith. Fourth, Abraham's faith led him to respond to God properly, to respond to God properly properly look down to verse 20 let's get a running start i wanted to start in the second half of that but start at verse 20 yet with respect to the promise of god he did not waver in unbelief but grew strong in faith now that's sort of the key there he grew strong in faith by the way grew strong in faith do you, do you see even how passive that is that's that's, that's a blessing of god And then look at his worshipful response. He grew strong in faith. And what does it look like to grow strong in faith? Well, giving glory to God. First of all, giving glory to God. What is it that God holds humanity responsible for? Do you remember back in Romans 121 what the big issue is? Where have sinners so fallen guilty before God? Listen to this, Romans 121. Think of Romans 4, 20, as I read Romans 1.21. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but, but they became futile in their speculation and their foolish heart was darkened so Abraham look he he's over there he understands the circumstances but look at his response he verse 20 he grew strong in faith and that participle giving glory to God that's what he was doing and look he was giving glory to God that's worship so it's a vivid contrast to the wrath of God being poured out on the ungodly he's giving God his due giving glory to God and what else was he doing boy this is a great word assurance being fully assured being fully assured that what God had promised, here needs to be the question, not how sinful are you, how hard is your heart, how? Now you want to talk to it? Don't invite me to that party. How many bad things have you done? No, 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 no. Here's the question for sinners: What has God said He will do? And how are we to respond to that? I love that. Being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Mark this down. God always performs what he promises. I think of that verse Hebrews 7:25. He's able to save forever those who place their faith in Jesus. Saved for how long? Forever. God always performs what he promises. We're in debt to Dr. Schreiner this morning. Let me give you one more. Schreiner quote It's really, really good. Underneath this fourth point, that Abraham's faith led him to respond to God properly. The supreme way to worship God is not to work for him, but to trust that he will fulfill his promises. That's really, really good, isn't he? Ah, God, you know, he's got a lot of work he wants done. I heard they need chairs moved up there at the church, honey. (laughs) No, trust in him, rest in him. I love that. We do need some chairs moved, but that's another thing. That's totally unrelated, right? The supreme way to worship God is not to work for him, but to trust that he will fulfill his promises. And I want to tell you something. That'll sustain you on the deathbed, won't it? When I'm on the deathbed, here, you just get there. If you're on the deathbed, why don't we do this? Let's just make a deal. Why don't we just say, let's recite God's promises to us. Here's what not to do with that brother or sister. Like, I tell you what, I bet you've done some bad things. (laughs) What do you think? Thank you, Barnabas, son of encouragement. Right, that's not what you want to hear. That's not what I need to hear. We've done bad things. God knows, God's the one that knows the full story. We don't even know the full story. How about all the good things we've done with improper motives? He even knows that. No, no, no. Here's where I want to rest. God always performs what he promises. The supreme way, therefore, to worship God is not to work for him, but to trust that he will fulfill his promises. Fifth, the nature of Abraham's faith. Abraham's faith, I would say fifth, is not just for Abraham. Number five, Abraham's faith is provided as an example for us. It's provided as an example for us. It is an intentional illustration so that we might respond to God's grace exactly the way Abraham responded. This is where, listen, I just stopped teaching and I'm preaching. The difference between teaching and preaching, as I understand, both communicate biblical truth, but preaching calls for a response. And here in the text, God's calling for a response from us. Drop down to verse 21, we'll get a running start. Being fully assured, that would be our Bible memory verse of the week, being fully assured that what God had promised... He was able also to perform, whether you're a hundred-year-old or whether you're a whatever. By the way, think of the other examples. Let me tell you another example that comes to mind. How about Paul, the author, the human author of the letter? Hey, Paul, do you still list on your resume that you hunted down and killed Christians? Hmm? Paul said, let me tell you, it seems like that if God picked me out in particular, that he would save me as a chief of sinners hang Paul up there on the wall and hang Abraham on the wall we can say you know sometimes some days we think we give Paul a run for his money but the human author of the letter is demonstrating an illustration for us he said but that was shown mercy back to verse 22 as we consider Abraham's faith as an example for us therefore it was also credited to him as righteousness what his faith his standing on God's promises God took God's righteousness and placed it over in Abraham's account. Now, I love verse 23. I love it, I love it, I love it. Look at verse 23. You might say, end of verse 22, you say, well, that's fine and good. I'm glad Abraham was such a great guy. God bless him. But there's no hope for me. No. Look at verse 23. Now, not for his sake only. Did you hear what I just said? Not for Abraham only. Not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him but for our sake also whose sake our sake you say well he's writing to the church at Rome and God put it in the Bible and our means the church at Rome and our means all those who will place their faith in Christ the church at Lagos you me us I love that now not for his sake only was it written that it was credit to him but let's, listen listen weary saint fresh courage take listen God credits his righteousness that way to all who will rest in Christ that's how he operates all times all places every time every epoch every geography it's not man you need to be moral man you need to be Jewish man you need some kind of sign no 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 you need Jesus You need to receive Jesus. I love this, but for our sake also, look at the future aspect here. To whom it will be credited? Some think judgment day, some think our day now, future believers. I say yes and yes. I don't think it's definitive. Both and certainly on the last day it will be credited and certainly is being credited now, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited? Well, how do you get it credited? Look at the text. As those believe in him, I think of Jesus over there in John 11. Martha, Mary, Lord, if you'd have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. Jesus says, it was a divinely designed intentional delay. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me? even those who die, right? And then he, I love what he says up there. I love what he says over there. He looks right at Martha and Mary and everybody's listening and he says, do you believe this? That's the question this morning. Do you believe this? Verse 23, now not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him. Isn't that wonderful? Not who achieve something, but who believe. As those who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. And I love what he does in verse 25. He says, speaking of Jesus our Lord, let me tell you about him. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. I love how Christ honoring and Christ focused those who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. What a declaration of Christ and his work for sinners. And, and by the way, Christ... It's unique a little bit, verse 25. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions, right? So he's he's explaining how that crediting works. Christ took our sin. God gave us Christ's righteousness, this imputation. What's a little bit unexpected is it's a little more rare in the New Testament for um, this aspect of our salvation to be linked to Jesus' resurrection more often than not it's linked to his crucifixion and it's a both and salvation was accomplished in Jesus's crucifixion it was declared right go over there to the first part of Romans you, you look at the you look at the empty grave and what a declaration that is but I love what he says or he who was delivered over because of our transgressions so boy, that should lead us to worship shouldn't it why is it that Christ died why was he delivered over to the cross Rest assured, sin is a serious matter. It was for our transgressions. Man, we look at that empty tomb. He was raised because of our justification. So, application. The, the, by the way, I started to just leave it at that, but really, verses 17 to 25 are the application. Certainly, verses 22, the therefore. 23, 22, 23, 24, and 25 are application so applying God's word. One of the ways we're going to demonstrate our faith is just in a minute, we're going to have the ordinance of the supper. A couple of thoughts to put a period at the end of our passage this morning. Applying God's word. When overwhelmed with challenging circumstances and runaway feelings. Don't, haven't you found that just circumstances, uh, it's either the world my flesh or the devil. But they can rock your boat, can't they? They can mine. Any of y'all? I'm talking about you can be running along minding your own business and some circumstances change a little bit. And by the way, I know it just reveals what's already in there, doesn't it? Isn't that sad? Because you don't have to come up and tell it. It just reveals what's already in you, David. I know that. and I'm working on that. God's working on that. But man, this what a what a what a picture. I love Abraham. I picture Abraham. Abram and Sarai rocking in their chairs. Old couple. Honey, you better get ready for a baby. There's a baby coming. And by the way, then go look at God's power to raise. And then by the way, God gives them the baby and what? That faith walk just keeps what? Well, we finally got the baby. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go sacrifice the baby. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I, I, don't, you, don't you think that's what all going on? Verse 18, and hope against hope, he believed. He just kept on trusting. Okay, circumstance, it doesn't make sense. Mm, doesn't make sense we don't have a baby. Uh, I think I'll keep trusting God's promise. doesn't make sense now that we got a baby. And by the way, there's another application. I'm landing fast. Since God's given us a promise, we need to help him with his promise. Remember, Abraham is going to be helpful. We come up with a week. God needs help with his promise. No, God doesn't need any help. So, for this first point, when overwhelmed with challenging circumstances and runaway feelings, preach God's promises to ourselves. Second, rest in Christ. God always performs what he promises. I think of what Trajan wrote to the emperor when they were investigating christians in the first century they said here's what we know about them they gather early in the morning before work for worship and singing and then and then this was just so remarkable to me and then when one of their number passes from this life they carry him or her to a place of burial and as best we can tell singing happy songs on the way Why would you sing some happy songs? Because you know the gospel, rest in Christ. Listen to this, God always performs what he promises. And then third, worship. Give glory to God and be fully assured. Boy, what language in there. So what does does Abraham do? Verse 20, yet with respect to the promise of God, he didn't waver in unbelief. That's a gift from God, right? But grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Giving God His due. That's what God deserves. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Only one question, what has God promised? And it's just find that and rest there. And I heard a, I heard a preacher say that at um, chapel in seminary. He said it humbly, and it sort of rubbed me the wrong way, but I think it's good preaching He's, we just need to sue God for his promises. And I was like, okay, as long as you're talking about doing that humble right, what he means is he's not backing down from his promises. Now we do that in a humble way. You go, I'm gonna go sue God for I'm like, I'm gonna correct us a little bit in there. And that's probably what like hey, yeah, you want to say sue God for promises, I hit you a little bit, what you're like, but Abraham, I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. It's done. Period. Sue God for his promises. Worship. Give glory to God and be fully assured. Man, what a blessing. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Are you assured? These things I've written to you who believe so that you might know that you have eternal life. It changes when we know changes the way we live. Death hit our family in the last eight days, unexpectedly, no warning. Man, I I, I make you think. Death shows up. Sometimes death, hey, you're sick. You're getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. When you see it coming, sometimes death just kicks the door off the hinges and takes you in the night. No warning. "That, That should scare us to death. No, that should make us... I want to be confident in what God has promised. And then, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray, dear Lord, my soul can't right. If I die before I wake, I'm going to be with Jesus, y'all. Y'all look after Stephanie and the kids, but I'm going to be with Jesus. Changes everything. That's a game changer. Eternal game changer. We can live. Worship. Give glory to God and be fully assured. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Lord, by grace, we have received this great gospel. We thank you for the passage we have studied that shows, um, Lord, it shows us so clearly in this chapter what Abraham was not trusting in, what he was not saved by. He wasn't saved because he was Jewish and he wasn't saved because he had been circumcised and he wasn't saved because he possessed your word, the law, and he wasn't saved because he was moral. God, he was saved because you save sinners, because you promise to save, because you are gracious and mighty to save, and because he responded in faith. Lord, that was the Miracle that accomplished his salvation, and Lord you save all those who believe in jesus and Lord, what a glorious, glorious gospel, Thank you for how detailed you um, explain the gospel, how clearly you illustrate the gospel lord and we thank you for your promises uh, lord we um, we rest on Uh, Your promises. We thank you most of all for Christ, Lord. He was delivered over for our transgressions. Lord, what a billboard, what a declaration of divine love. He was raised for our justification. Lord, we glory in the cross, we glory in Christ, we glory in the empty tomb as we um, prepare ourselves, Lord, to observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, Lord, to even, what a word, communion, even to have communion, Uh, what a picture of um, the reality that we are in Christ and Christ is in us, and pray that, um, Lord, that we would reflect uh, carefully on the great, great gift that is our salvation that we will um, be assured Lord we'll be assured, thank you even for the extreme circumstances that you supernaturally, miraculously overcame in uh, Abraham's life, Lord, circumstances are nothing to you so Lord, thank you for your promises Thank you for Christ. Thank you for his finished work. Thank you um, for your promise that you save those who trust in Christ. Lord, that is our most this morning. Pray that uh, we as your church would be a, a humble people. Lord, we'd be a gospel-grounded people. Lord, even as we think about the object, I'm convinced that we are easily deceived. Lord, your word tells us the heart is deceitful above all things. I pray you would reveal to us, Lord, if any of us are trusting in some other object other than Christ, Lord, other than you. Um, Lord, we pray that the scales would fall from our eyes this morning. Uh, We pray that um, in these moments, Lord, that Jesus would be high, high and lifted up and even as we go forth this week that we would live Uh, with Christ ever before us, even as we studied last week, fixing our eyes on Jesus, Lord, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, we rest in him and boast in him and pray this in his name. Amen.